Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode number 55. And today we have a show that we have been wanting to make for a little while now because the first weekend of the NCAA tournament has come and gone. And we are actually, me and Luke are both in the midst of watching the Sweet 16 games right now as we speak. Um, overtime game, K-State and Michigan State as well as UConn and Arkansas in action as well. Uh, if you want to call it action, UConn is burying Arkansas. Um, and uh, we've got lots of upsets to cover. Obviously, it's March, baby. We sleep in May. Um, and uh, we have some NFL free agency stuff that we didn't get to a little while back. And we have some segments, and then we also have some chatter about the World Baseball Classic. That was awesome, um, and so we'll get to that as well. And uh, me and Luke are both in the midst of a storm right now as well. So if you hear some house rattling or uh, thunder, like it, there was just a really big thing of thunder just now. Uh, I'm not sure if it picks that up or not. Um, yep, I, I heard that too. Yeah, so. That's that, and uh, yeah, we'll just go ahead and get on into the show. Um, like I said, in the midst of a great overtime game, first overtime game of the entire NCAA tournament. Um, great way to kick off the second round. Yeah, really good. Um, and one thing that is interesting about the second round that I always think, Luke, is how do they not – Schedule this for standalone games. I know that I that would know. that would mean that some games would have to be during like the work day, kind of. But I feel like they should probably do that at some point. But that's all right. Um, it's okay. Also, going or from we spread them out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this game and the Arkansas UConn game are pretty stacked on top of each other. At least I thought um, so. But yeah, let's. Where do you even want to start? Um, we both had all of our rooting interests are now gone. Uh, we talked about them uh, last week, um, and yeah, they're gone. So uh, I think we should just kick it to you. You had the most devastating one to start off the tournament. Um, Fifteen seed Princeton, the smart boys over the Zona Wildcats the two-seed zone of Wildcats at that, as they try to collect them uh, all, it seems like, lately in terms of losing to all kinds of different seeds. Not as bad as Purdue, but, um, yeah. Oh, Give yeah. Away, Luke. Yeah, I actually it, – it was so bad that I actually retired from Twitter for <laughs> a, a small amount of time, and then uh, whenever, uh, whenever Purdue lost, I came out of retirement because, obviously, I had to. I had to come out and make fun of Purdue. Uh but yeah, this was a it was a terrible game. I had a weird feeling the entirety of this game because I even though we had like a ten point eight point lead, Princeton was like playing fun basketball. If that makes any sense? Like they were getting some boards, making some big time shots, and they were just kind of hanging around. And that's not the type of game that Arizona is good at winning. As some guy Tyson Walker just nailed a three pointer. Um, it's not. It's not the game that Arizona is is built to play. Whenever they win, they either like are going back and forth with the other team, or they just blow them out. 
you know, they're, they're not great at holding like a small lead. And so at the end of the game, I, I started tweeting out, like we were up by 10. I think it was 51 to 41. And I texted you, Cam, and I was like, I'm getting a weird feeling about this game. And then sure enough, Princeton rattles off like a 9-0 run. They're back in the game. And then Kerr Creesa goes cold. They don't give Tubelis the ball at all for some reason. Balo doesn't get the ball at all for some reason, even though he's like three inches taller than every single player. And he could just literally slam Duncan on all of them. They, they didn't give them the ball. So that was very weird. And they relied on their guards. And per usual, uh, it, it didn't turn out good. Arizona's guards were very inconsistent all year. Uh, I love Kirk Reese. He just, he just entered the, the transfer portal, which is sad. But he, ha- he brought a lot of big moments to Arizona. So um, wish him the best. But he was inconsistent all year. Courtney Ramey, the St. Louis kid, he was inconsistent all year. Uh, Pele Larson, he was pretty inconsistent. Um, he was never really spectacular, but he wasn't really bad either. Um, and then Kylan Boswell is 17 years old. So you can imagine he's probably pretty con- inconsistent as well. And when you rely on those guys to make shots, uh, it doesn't always work out. And so I was very disappointed with the game plan that we didn't end up going to Tubelis or Balo. But we become the third, second we become the third two seed in the last three years to lose um, in the first round to a 15 seed. I assume something just happened. I'm about 10 seconds behind uh, than what Cam is on the game here. Oh, Hauser just got hurt. Is that what you were oohing and on about? <laughs> okay. Um, oh, did he just get his ankles broken? <laughs> I thought he may have pulled his Achilles, but maybe not. Oh, never mind. It looked like his teammate might have ran into him. I don't know what just happened, but well, he's still, he's staying in the game, so big dog, I guess. Um, so did Kobe. But yeah, it, it was a tough scene. And then I, I uh, during the Mizzou game when Princeton was blowing him out, I I may have tweeted out some very illegal things that I was going to do to their coach and their campus. So I would like to uh, revoke those hereby. Revoke those. Um, in the moment, I meant them, but thinking about them a little bit later, I do not mean them. So I, I will not be committing any terrorist attacks. Let's just put that out there for good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was that was the upset of the day on day one. Obviously, Furman beat Virginia in a very, very exciting game. Um, Kevin Harlan had a great call on that. Maryland-West Virginia was a shocker. I kind of thought West Virginia would just dominate Maryland, but Maryland hung in, and then they ultimately won the game. Um, Cam, feel free to jump in at any point in time. I'm just going to like kind of go down the list of games here. Yeah. Mizzou beats Utah State in the third game of the day. And that was huge, Luke. This is – that yeah. was the first, first time win. in 13 years. So for me and you, um, I briefly remember them winning their last NCAA tournament game. But it's more, I, do not I just all. I just remember uh, my dad being excited and not uh, actually remembering the game. Now, my first NCAA Mizzou basketball memory is their loss to Norfolk State. I mean, that's my first college basketball <laughs> uh, Mizzou memory. The Prescott um, brothers. Uh, Presley. Pressy, not Prescott, but um, – yeah, so <laughs> it was really fun, and it was a really fun Mizzou season, um, and that's really all you can say about it and uh, about the season. And the program was completely re-energized by Dennis, 
and his coaching staff and the players that he developed this year. And I am so glad that Dennis is our coach. And I'm a huge fan of Desiree Reed Francois, our AD. She knows how to pick them. Um, hopefully, a drink figures it out so uh, she doesn't have to fire. That wasn't her pick, but, though. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I I don't want. I, yeah. I'm a. I don't hate drink as some people do. Ron Milheiser. I don't hate drink as some people do. Um, and I don't. I don't want to talk about other people's jobs in terms of people losing them, but. She probably might be able to pick a good football coach too at some point. Um, oh yeah, probably. but like I said, I'd rather that not happen right now. Um, but yeah, that's all you can really say about it is Utah State was just off in terms of their shooting game. Um, and there's a metric that Mizzou was the luckiest team in the entire NCAA tournament this year. So that's <laughs> interesting that they also, you know, Utah State was just off their shooting game. Uh, against the luckiest team in basketball. So, um, yeah, to have some luck, though, to win. Oh, for sure. Far. But that does make – I mean, think about but, it. I mean, we made two buzzer beaters this year and had some other just very lucky games. Things that – it was just like – we've talked about this throughout the year. It's just like things that just don't happen to Mizzou or actually do the exact opposite and go the other way completely. Um mm-hmm. So it's almost like Dennis lifted some kind of some kind of evil spirit off the basketball program and maybe even off the entire program. We'll have to see. But, oh, man. Um, that would be beautiful. But That would be. Yeah. So that's pretty the much Cleveland the – Cleveland State, yeah. That's pretty much the south region. Um, yep. kinda, uh, yeah. Oh, the Furman. Zoo, yeah, the Furman. Stat, by the way, the stat held true, Cam. They score 70 points, they win. They scored 76 points against Utah. You're right. Uh, Utah State, my apologies. And then against Princeton, they only put up 63. So, I mean, the stat held true all year. It was get the 70 points. That was the goal. Get the 70 points and you win the game. And they couldn't do that against Princeton, and uh, they lost. So, I mean, if you can hold Mizzou down, you'll beat them. And then some other games on Friday, Kansas, Alabama both moved on. San Diego State beat Charleston. In a very close game. Um, obviously, the Princeton beat Arizona in the very sad, sad matchup for us. Oh, that was a sweet dunk by Keontae Johnson. Um, and then Arkansas oh beat Illinois God. in a thriller, which I, I did not watch at all because I was so distraught by the result of the Arizona game that I, I just sat with my hands or my ha- my head in my hands for probably thirty minutes, and by the time I was done. You know, by the time I was out of that zone, the game was already over, the Arkansas-Illinois one. So I didn't get a chance to watch that at all. Um, Luke was dead. Which was, I guess it was, yeah, I, oh, I was I was dead. I mean, this was, you have to remember what I was going through here. This was about 24 hours after Aaron Rodgers said that he's leaving. He wants to play for the Jets. And then I have this result happen by about 24 hours later. So everything was just piling down. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you have moments like that, it just it brings out the worst in you and you start thinking, you know, you know, I'm a I'm a loser. And it brings out all kinds of thoughts inside you. Um, it's not necessarily the loss itself, but it's just um, the the aura of the loss um, that that just really makes it sad. So I was I was dead. I was a dead man. 
um, for for a good portion. And even the rest of the day, I really didn't get involved in a lot of the uh, the games because <laughs> I I just couldn't. It just didn't feel right um, to get involved. But Auburn beat Iowa in a in a close game. But that was Cam's lock. I think we we all we, we know the curse of Fran McCaffrey. So uh, Duke. This was an interesting game because Oral Roberts was a heavy pick to upset Duke, but then Duke just blew him out. Oral Roberts could not score. They have one of the top offenses in the nation. They were held to just 51 points. They didn't score a single point until like 12 minutes into the game. So Duke's defense did an amazing job. Wow, it is. Cats and dogs outside right now. Pouring. Yeah. Uh, Texas took care of Colgate. Northwestern took care of Boise State. Tennessee uh, went neck and neck with a Louisiana Lafayette team um, back and forth. That was, it was a really fun game to watch. Shout out Louisiana for making that close. Um, Houston Rodgers took care of Kentucky. UCLA took care of UNC Asheville. And Penn State blew out Texas A&M. This was a pick that me and you were high on. We, had them, we both had them going to the Elite Eight, and then uh, Penn State just came in and took care of business. So. It was a it was a weird way to finish out the first day, but hey, it's March, so yeah. And then, you have any other thoughts on the first day? Or yeah, uh, yeah. Some of the games that you were talking about, uh, the Oral Roberts one was it was honestly hilarious because the whole internet <laughs> was like, you know, you always have people online. You know, you have to pick at least one or two twelve over five in your bracket every single year. Um, and everybody's like, oh, this is the 12 over 5 that we need, uh, Duke versus uh, Oral Roberts. Take Oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. And it just fell flat on their faces. I mean, they were horrible. Duke from was the get- awesome. Yeah, from the get, from the jump. And, I mean, that was kind of all she wrote. And then uh, the Furman game was wild. Uh, just a wild scene of event. I mean, their most veteran player who was on the national title team uh, throws it away, um, like a Virginia kind of like a, a Paxton Lynch type of throw um, into coverage that just <laughs> no reason to do it. And Carson they had Wentz. a timeout, which made it even worse. Um, so really tough scene there. Um, but over to the second day, Luke. And we had a moment. Oh, yeah. This was when things got. This is when things really started hitting the fan. And I just want to start off. We're just going to start off here with the biggest upset. Fairly Dickinson yeah. over sure. Purdue. And me and Luke made a point to talk about this. This is a, a game where if you were watching it, if you saw the events unfold, you will remember it for the rest of your life. Because it was history. Only the second time ever. A 16 seed has defeated a number one seed in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And uh, Luke, I'll just start with you. Where were you? Hmm? Where, where, you where was I? I was in my living room. Okay. I was in my living room watching it. I was watching the entirety of the game because this was the, the first game on the evening slate. And yep. So I had it on from the get-go. And... Watching Fairleigh Dickinson from the from the jump was amazing. Like they were just going out there playing their hearts out. And my initial thought was, wow, this is fun to watch, but it's gonna just it's gonna fall apart at some point. Like they can't keep this up yeah. the entire the game. Yellow shoes gotta drop. 
exactly. Like they're they're literally solely playing off effort right now. Like Purdue is so much more talented. Fairly Dickinson is just playing off effort. That's going to collapse, you know, in the second half. And it did not. You know, they kept it up. And people are going to clown Zach Eady, which they already have. But this was not his fault. Um, I, I remember we clowned Zach Eady around this time last year because we said he was so unathletic. But he played amazing. Um, it seemed like every time he got the ball, there was at least two. Most of the time, there was three guys on him every time he got the ball. Um, so there, the fact that he scored 21 points, put up like 10 boards, I don't remember what the exact uh, stat line was, but it was somewhere around that. The fact that he did that, being double guarded, triple guarded the entirety of the game, is insane. This is solely on his teammates for sucking, 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 sucking. They shot 8 for 37 from the field. 8 for 37. Purdue players not named Zach Eady. Um, that is, in case you want me to tell you, that is really bad. Uh, if you can't figure that out on your own, that's a lot of missed shots. Um, and they missed so many three-pointers, man. It, was, it, was, it wasn't It was sad because I was rooting for Faley Dickinson, but it was, it was tough to watch. Just you know, a one gross. seat. I mean, this is a one seat. This is supposed to be one of the four best teams in the tournament. And outside of that one player, they're not. They're definitely not the best team in the tournament. They're, they were maybe like a top – they'd maybe be like a seven seed without Zach Eady if they just had like some mid-center. Um, so that's how much he elevated that squad. He'll probably be back next year. Uh, maybe a Purdue redemption tour. We don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is the stat, you know, because now uh, we have a stat for it since it's happened one time. Uh, Virginia, the only other one seed to be defeated – by a 16 seed next year, they went on to win the national title. So um, that could happen. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I was at the gym getting ready to get a lift in when Luke texted me with six minutes, 50 seconds left, I want to say, to just turn it on because chaos, chaos is ensuing. And uh, Cam, you got to watch this game. And uh, very true. It was very true. I kind of just uh, stopped what I was doing uh, and made sure that I had, I could see the TV at all times from what I was doing. Uh, so definitely a game that I will not forget. And just like I don't forget the UMBC versus Virginia game. You know, I was I was in my living mm-hmm. room as well for that one. Um, but uh, it's just so, it's just wild. You know, it it just completely disrupts everything and uh you know hell they almost beat florida atlantic too it was very close so um and that may be the dagger sorry luke i forgot you're behind but um uh, <laughs> uh so yeah man you ruined it for me you haven't even started playing yet um what else yeah, happened the, on the second day friday i just want i want to Say one more thing about that game. People are saying this is the greatest upset of all time, um, or like even the greatest Cinderella run of all time. Um, some people are saying St. Peter's last year, which that was that was incredible. The St. Peter's run was awesome. But you have to think, Fairleigh Dickinson is in the Northeast Conference, which only has eight teams, and all eight of these teams, either they don't qualify, like 
two of them, Stonehill College and Merrimack, they, they haven't even been in Division One long enough to qualify for the tournament. And some of these teams, Long Island University was like three and twenty-seven or something ridiculous. Like like these teams sucked. They they played in a terrible conference. Um, they were the shortest team on average. So their tallest player, I don't even know if he played or not, because I don't know, but their tallest listed player on their roster was six foot seven. That was their tallest player. Zach Eady is seven four. He, he was nine inches taller than their tallest player. Um, they were the shortest team on average, and it was literally just like a bunch of midgets like running around like like Gulliver's Travels, if you remember that. Uh show it all where they had to tie down the giant, like all the little people tied down the giant. Um that that was literally what Fairleigh Dickinson did to Zach Eady. Um, they're, they're one of the, if you saw their campus, it is not very big at all. Like no. our local college ECC is probably very similar yeah. in size. Yeah. I was just campus. about to say that. Um, I was just about to say that. <laughs> what, although we didn't see the whole campus. We just saw like one building. Uh, that's true. But yeah. Uh, K-State advancing on. Yeah, they're, Oh, they are, dude! You're ruining it for me. It's only a three point game here. They're up by five. Dude, you gotta wait. Wait a second. They're up by three. Ninety six, ninety three. Average spectrum streamer. Uh, average streamer in general. Up oh, there it goes. Yep. K State right. is indeed advancing. That was there a weird, go, awkward moment. Awkward signs. Yeah, how about that? What a story for them. Picked last in the Big 12, and now they're going to be top eight in the nation. So pretty cool story for them. Their coach is probably going to win coach of the year, um, Marquise Noel. I don't oh, know man. how many assists did he have. The record was 18, and I know he had 17 at least. That's just so tough. They didn't even get a shot off. God, yeah, that was no well. Marquise Noel, by the way, uh, he just broke the NCAA tournament record for assists in a game. He's like in 19 assists. He's like Trey Burke. I'm getting a Trey Burke-ish like run from <laughs> from him. And he got the, he got the block and the steal on that yeah. final play. Michigan too. State, talk about carrying your team. Michigan State. I mean, if they were in another region, they'd probably freaking win. They played damn good too. This is nuts. Yeah, I don't know if you could say that. There's a lot of good teams left. Kansas State just I'm just that saying was, that was a how great well game shot through that game. How well they just played. Oh yeah. They would that would win a bunch of games and so uh, Ron just texted yeah. me what so much for the hundred to one odds I had on hundred to one odds I had them on winning the championship. It was a long shot anyway. But back to Fairleigh Dickinson, I wasn't done with my rant there. I apologize for the the like two minute break there. So their campus, incredibly small. Their coach was coaching Division II basketball last year. Um, and then he's going to go out and he's going to beat, you know, a top four team, a number one seed in the tournament. That's pretty cool. Most of these guys, I know some of their best players like Roberts. He was in Division II last year. A lot of these guys transferred from Division II to play on Fairleigh Dickinson. So these guys were like not super talented, not highly recruited at all. And then they just go out and beat Purdue who was ranked number one for a majority of the time um, in the AP poll this year. So that's pretty cool to see that. Probably the greatest upset of all time 
if you had to ask me, just based off facilities and stuff. So shout out to them. Um, and then rest of Friday. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest there. Those are facts that I had gathered that I thought were very cool. So rest of Friday's games will start off early slate. Michigan State uh, beat USC, which USC kind of came out dead. They they didn't really have much life. Um, they, they played a lot worse than I think a lot of people thought. Good color Xavier matchup. Kennesaw State was a – oh, it was a beautiful color matchup. Big Ten matchup too in conference yeah. matchup. It's getting um, the eyes ready for the future, <laughs> really. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Kennesaw State Xavier next. This was actually a really, really entertaining game. Kennesaw State had Xavier on the ropes for a lot of this game. Kennesaw State played really well. I put them on the watch out for them. I put them in the watch out tier on the podcast last week. Uh, but then Xavier just did what their offense does, and they just went on an incredible run to retake the lead. Baylor took care of UCSB. Uh, St. Mary's took care of VCU. VCU was, as I predicted, they were dead. I, I kind of thought that, you know, VCU March team, but they never really moved the needle with me all year. So this is kind of just like how, how it ends. Uh, Marquette took care of Vermont. Pittsburgh, this was a disgusting game. There was a total of 100 points scored. Iowa State and Pittsburgh game. 100 points total. That was it. Um. Pittsburgh wins 59-41. This was a disgustingly bad shooting matchup. Yep. Jeff Capel. Uh, Creighton. Creighton took care of NC State. Um, you're welcome for that, Cam. Talking about that. Game, though. UConn, close game, though. game. It was closer than what I thought it would be. UConn took care of Iona in the second half. They came out of the locker rooms and blew them out. Um, and then the evening slate, obviously we talked about FDU, Kentucky, uh, and had their way with Providence. Gonzaga beat Drake Canyon. Miami beat Drake in a really close game. The score doesn't say how close it was. That game was back and forth the entirety of the game. Um, that one Garrett White guy on Drake, seems like he's been there forever. Um, he just He's who I associate with, with uh, Drake now. Florida Atlantic. Uh, hold on, we'll come back to that game because I want to talk about that. Kansas State took care of Montana State. Indiana beat Kent State, which... Fun fact about the Indiana game, that game was taking place in Albany, New York. Indiana and Kent State, their colleges are in Eastern time. The stadium they were playing in Albany, Eastern time. That game didn't finish until almost 1 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> it, it started at 10.36 p.m. Eastern time. For two Ooh, teams March. in Eastern that's time March. playing in Eastern time. I, it's it, it was just incre- it was wild. Like imagine trying to warm up and like you're in the locker room at halftime and it's almost midnight. Like that just <laughs> that's that has to be weird. That has to that has to feel weird. Um, and then TCU came back and took care of Arizona State, which Arizona State shout out to them. They they played a lot better than uh, Arizona in this tournament for sure. But they they almost beat TCU, who was a very good team. And then finally, Florida Atlantic beat Memphis. Uh, this was one of – it might have been the game of the first round, if you ask me, um, as far as, like, game-wise. Like, FDU was was the upset of the first round, but Memphis-FAU was back and forth the entirety of the game, and it was it was a weird game. Oh. Uh, Cam, the power just went out in my house. Uh, 
Uh, man. I don't know how to stop this. I don't know how to stop this recording, Cam. I, I really don't. Can I stop, please? Let me stop the recording. <laughs> All right. So the power is back up. We are back up and running. <laughs> um, we had a little bit of uh, Mother Nature getting involved there. With uh, yeah, took out took out the power away from us. So I can't believe that's how people used to live before uh, Thomas Edison. So shout out to Thomas Edison. Um, and let's get back into it. So I think we, I do believe this is like what thirty forty minutes after <laughs> after that whole fiasco. So I think we were talking about Florida Atlantic. And Memphis, that game was incredible. Uh, I was just getting very weird vibes from it. Memphis had some weird, weird players. They had they had some dude who had like a kid, and he was in the crowd, um, like a Jason Tatum style. Um, they had one guy who was 26 years old, um, which is just weird to see a 26 year old playing college basketball. Like that 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 is a man. I'm sorry, that's not a kid. That's a man. Um, and uh, how, do we, how did he even stay in college for that long? That's like eight years in college. I I don't know. Uh, probably if I had to assume like an August or September birthday. So when he got there, he was like 19. Um, or he did the late start thing. Uh, and so like when he was a senior in high school, he was 19. And then got to college as a 20-year-old. Four years transfer year covid year i guess that's six right there so mm -hmm. um i mean there's like that one oregon player who has i think this will be his ninth year of college football so shout out to him <sighs> that tight end that's for oregon <laughs> so i know who you're talking about i can't think of his name but yeah he's a no name he's a but, no name so yeah this this might be a little it might be racist. It's not meaning to be racist, but the Memphis team was giving me incredible, like, ghetto vibes. That makes any sense at all. Uh, these guys were I, – I don't even know why. It was just the vibes. It, it was bad vibes for Memphis. Penny Hardaway tosses his water bottle at the end, which, you know, they might have gotten screwed by the refs, so whatever. But um, still an incredible game, wild ending, wild sequence of events. Um, and whenever you have chaos at the end of the game, you're going to have the refs be involved and blamed for it. So, but yeah, that was that was a great game. Obviously, to advance to play Fairleigh Dickinson, so that was that was awesome. And then the second round, <laughs> man, it just seems so weird getting back into this after what just happened. But <laughs> uh, second round, I don't think there was a much that happened. Tennessee destroyed Duke. That was we both had Duke as a lock. Um. They got destroyed. So, yeah, um, there were some interesting things that happened. I mean, Miami felt like they kind of laid the hammer down on Indiana. Uh, Houston against Auburn, close game throughout until Houston just suffocated Auburn like a cobra. Um, uh -huh. What else here? Oh, Arky over Kansas. That was pretty wild. Um, so yeah, yeah. let's just, I want to talk right about before the Mizzou. You know, yeah. So we're watching me and Luke, we're watching Princeton Mizzou and this is how I'll put it. So, uh, we weren't able to enjoy 
the Kansas loss whatsoever because Mizzou lost before Kansas, even though the Kansas game ended before the Mizzou-Princeton game. Princeton had already killed Mizzou um, by the yeah. time Kansas was out of that game um, because it was literally tied um, for Kansas and Arky down the stretch while Princeton just buried us. So we weren't able to enjoy that. But in terms of rooting interest, obviously, Luke's Cats got knocked out first round. Um, and then Princeton took out Mizzou. So Princeton is enemy number one by, right now, by the way. And then for me... They, they own me. They do kind of own Luke right now. It's kind of... No, I'm not going to get into it. Um, in terms of the other things, Duke got bounced by Tennessee, which I had Duke in my final four. Voodoo does work, folks. It does work. <laughs> um, Duke is dead. It was beautiful. It was so enjoyable. It's like... It's so weird because, you know, like, I do take pride in trying to have a good bracket, but it's March Madness. Everybody's bracket falls apart. But when you just pick Duke to go that far and you just know that in the back of your head, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to put some extra voodoo on them. And it did. And the same with Kansas. And it's just so beautiful. Like I said, we weren't able to enjoy the Kansas loss, really. But the Duke one happened, and it was just it was just nice. It was just nice, very comforting um the way they died so um i i'll take that back i I was able to enjoy the kansas loss because i've been a kansas hater all year kansas is the defending champs they were a one seed and you know they had all these expectations on them mizzou was picked i think like ninth or tenth in the sec they went they finished fourth and they got to the tournament as a seven seed and won a game so they went the exact same distance as Kansas, despite having way less expectations. So that's kind of a win for Mizzou, even though they got blown out by Kansas at the beginning of the year. But uh, I took pride in that because I, – I didn't take pride, but I I took joy in watching the Kansas game because I was just so distraught with the Mizzou loss that having a little bit of positivity uh, it cheered me up a little bit. So it, it made the Mizzou loss not as hard. So I will say that. Shout out to uh, – to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing I will appreciate from Arkansas is um, Arkansas is up there as one of my most hated teams right now as a Mizzou fan um, and always has been. Same with football. Uh, but shout out to Arkansas because they kind of did do the Lord's work here a little bit in the tournament. Took out Illinois. <laughs> another, you know, Mizzou rival. And then they also took out Kansas. So thank you to Arkansas and John Daly. Um, John Daly was present at their funeral tonight against UConn. Like I said, tough scene in that game. They got (laughs) obliterated, but um, I digress. So thank you to Arkansas. And I understand your point about Kansas losing and the defending champs and but for me, I, uh, and I do acknowledge that this Mizzou season was awesome, and it was just great to win a game. But also losing to a 15 seed, like the whole day, um, I was just like, okay, we just got to get past a 15 seed. Um, and the last time we played a 15 seed didn't go so well, but I've got faith this time. And it just, I mean, it was never close. So um, that. But did- I think the. Uh, the why you felt that way because normally Mizzou you wouldn't feel that way but Mizzou 
had no quad two, quad three, or quad exactly. four losses the entirety of the year. And Princeton is nowhere near quad one. So that's where you're thinking, okay, well, you know, Mizzou does they, – they lose these games a lot, but not this year because they, they haven't this year. And then they did. So, yeah. uh, like, unlike Arizona, Arizona has been upset many times this year. Um, Washington State at home. Oregon killed us. Um, Utah killed us. So it's just like some of these random, not very good teams just absolutely obliterated Arizona. So I wasn't shocked. I It, it hurt to see the result, but I wasn't shocked because I had seen it happen all year. Mizzou, I was shocked because they got dominated by Princeton. And the only teams that Mizzou was really dominated by all year was Alabama and Kansas. Um, and those are obviously two one seats. So it was very shocking to see that happen. Yeah. Although this year, I will say this, when Mizzou loses, they lose bad. Um, that was one thing, you know, like when they would lose to an SEC conference play, like Texas A&M, they would just wreck them. Um, and there was a couple other teams, mm-hmm. like if, if it wasn't, Mizzou either kept it wire to wire close and they would somehow pull it out or they would just get crushed. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and either way, I mean, you're fixing to get they dominated very often. by Creighton or Bama. So, um, yeah, exactly. The end of the line was soon, so you just you didn't want it to be like that, but it was. Yeah. So. Um, and then the rest of the the day, Texas eked out a win over Penn State. UCLA survived yeah. against Northwestern. Shout out those two schools for putting up a fight against the two seeds, and then Alabama just. They had their way with Maryland. Any yeah, other thoughts on that day? That was a great day at college basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bama is – how do I say it? They're hitting their stride right now. Um, uh, and that's all you can really say about it is that uh, – gosh, I am – I almost made two killing jokes, but – that, that's all I'm going to say is Alabama is just on a roll right now. The tide are rolling. Um, and I think San Diego State, I don't think San Diego State's going to win, but I think it'll be nice. Like San Diego State is going to be able to kind of like slow down the pace a little bit, back to reality a little bit maybe. Um, otherwise, it might be like 90 to like 62, something like that. Um, but San Diego State's good enough to where they can slow that pace down and maybe keep it somewhat close. Um, within like the 15 to 10 point range, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. I San Diego would, State doesn't really move the needle with me. Though. I guess that would be my lock probably up there. That'd be mine too. So, which is weird to have a lock this late into the tournament, but yeah, exactly. It's so much harder to do. Locks. It, it's hard to do locks in the round yeah. of 32. Um, so, yeah. You can almost lock in Alabama to make the Final Four because I, Creighton could give them a fight. Creighton could give them a run for their money, but they're ju- they're going to destroy San Diego State. And if Princeton beats Creighton, it's I mean that's going to night night that's going to be sad watching watching these killers the getting up on these uh, Ivy League scholars. Um, yeah, so that that Alabama can we say they they made the Final Four officially? Can we officially announce it? Alabama to the Final Four? If we want to put some voodoo. I'm, I'm going to announce it. I'm, 
That, that's the point. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to announce it. Alabama to the Final Four. I'll clap it up for them. Congrats, congratulations to Alabama for being okay. good at basketball okay. and football. There yeah. we go. Alabama makes the Final Four in basketball, but not football this year. Uh, very interesting uh, scenario. Yeah. Um, and then, then on Sunday, games got really interesting. Xavier, just from the get-go, um, just put Pitt in their place and then put, put Pitt in the armpit, to say the least. Um if that makes any sense. And then Kansas State played a really good game against Kentucky. Kansas State, this is back-to-back good games because they just beat Michigan State in overtime. They played Kentucky in an incredibly good game. This team is so fun to watch. They may be they be they may be my team throughout. Um but they played Kentucky back and forth game, eked it out, and Marquise Noel just took over that game. Um and then Michigan State beat Marquette. Uh, Marquette was frauds. I was I was right when I felt the unease putting them in my final four. It didn't feel right, and this is exactly why it didn't feel right. But I still did it. I'm wrong. So um UConn just UConn second halves have been Crazy. amazing. Uh yeah. They they dominated Iona in the second half. They dominated St. Mary's in the second half. UConn is like a sneaky, really good team. They might win it all. But then they always have like that one player too. Like is it a, really sneaky? Cardiac Kemba. And then I don't Shabazz. know who their one player is though. I mean, they have Sanago is playing probably the best big man play right now besides if you want to call Brandon Miller a yeah. big man. Um, so more forward. He's like six foot eleven though, or six ten. I feel like maybe he's six nine. I don't yeah, know. He is tall. He's like he, he kind of reminds me of Kevin Durant. Yeah, diff, you have a different athlete kind of feel. Um, if you just type in Brandon Miller, the first thing that comes up is Brandon Miller gun. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Please six foot nine. Six foot nine. Probably 6'10 no, okay. with um, shoes on, and if he has the fro-looking thing, not the fro, but, like, the taller hair thing going, he's, like, six foot eleven and a half. Yeah, but and also, f- fun thing to note, Cam, is that out of that stat that I gave you last mm-hmm. week where uh, the last, like, 25 title winners have had a top-20 offense, defense, and um, some number of field goal shooting, only one of those teams lost on the first weekend, and that was Kansas. So all the other teams are still in. Uh, UConn actually advanced, so they moved on. So UConn is one of those teams. Creighton, uh, or, or Bama. So they're moving on. And then in the nightcap, Florida Atlantic held on to beat Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson fought hard again. Shout out to them, every single one of every single player on that team. They just played their hearts out. And I want to I want to give a personal thanks um, for letting me watch them play basketball because it was truly an honor. And then Creighton. Handled Baylor. They handled him. Um, I've been a Baylor guy, but I forget that this is not the same Baylor team from two years ago. So um, they don't have a lot of those same players. Yeah, that team had a lot of NBA talent. This one not as much, and uh, but kind of just what you said. I mean, Coach Drew. I mean, it seems like they always make it close, at least. Because Baylor just has the talent and the coaching, Creighton. I mean, I think it was mm-hmm. like a, it it kind of got close at the end, but it really wasn't. You know, it was just kind of like trash comeback points. 
Creighton had them the whole way. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this this was a kind of game that just kind of reared the head of the Big East um, this year. I mean, it's it's pretty damn good. Um, you know, even with the teams that are losing, you know, the Marquette was the best team in the Big East in terms of the regular season, and they're already knocked out. But Creighton, Xavier still alive, and UConn, obviously. I mean, three Sweet 16 teams. Pretty damn good, man. One of them in the Elite Eight. Pretty damn good. Yeah, one Elite Eight already punched in. I mean, I can see at least... I want to take Creighton over Princeton. I mean, me and Luke going to be rooting hard against the Tigers of Princeton. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hate them. So, um, yeah. I said that I hated them more than Kansas and uh, Arizona State on a tweet. That is also not true. Uh, I, I'll hate them this year. But next year, when, when next year rolls around, the Kansas and Arizona State hate just ramps right back up. So, but we have to keep in mind that only one 16 seed is advanced to the Elite Eight, um, and they ad- advance by playing Purdue. So, not likely that this happens. So 15. Seed. That actually might be my luck. Isn't that what I said? You said 16, but sorry. Oh, well, there's been no 16 seeds that have advanced to the Elite Eight. Um, Miami had their way with uh, with with Indiana, Indiana, Trace Jackson, yeah. Davis, and yeah. then. Gonzaga TCU, the final game of the weekend was a it was an awesome game to say Great. the least. Uh, Gonzaga, when they 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 turned it on in the final five minutes, um, Drew Timmy played amazing. He tied a NCAA record, and then TCU had a miraculous shot to cover the spread at the end of the game. Um, mixed emotions depending on what side you're on of that bet, but that was a very good game. And then the winner, winner of that takes on UCLA in about like approximately right now. So that is going to be maybe the game of the round, Gonzaga UCLA. I think so. Great color matchup too. Um, mm-hmm. So good. Uh, oh my gosh, what was I just about to say? Oh, one thing about me- Princeton is. Since, you know, as a Mizzou fan and as an Arizona fan for you, um, one thing about Mizzou is when they lost to Norfolk State, I Norfolk State is embedded into my memory. And Princeton is a much bigger school than Norfolk State, and I still just hate Norfolk State. Whenever they're playing um, <laughs> football or basketball or baseball, it like you know, I'm obviously not watching the Norfolk State game unless it's a conference tourney week that I might be because it's just something that might happen in the sicko moments there. But yep. um but other than that, you know, I just see the score on the bottom line on ESPN or whatever. Always oh, so happy to see them lose. See that school fail. And that's just the kind of thing that's left in my brain out after that Mizzou loss to Norfolk State. Princeton is a much bigger school, and we're going to see them throughout the rest of our lives way more than we're going to see Norfolk State. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to hate them, Luke. They can't really be redeemed for me unless – unless the way that they could possibly be redeemed for me is maybe if they, like, uh, took out Duke. If Knock Duke off Duke or Kansas. A, a two-seed or a one-seed one, one year, you know, something like that. But other than that, they really can't be redeemed for me. So um, that's – 
they're at the bottom of my Ivy League schools for <laughs> presumably the rest of my life. And that's just how it is. Yep. Cam, your video is gone. Yeah, well, better than a potato, I guess. And it says your uh, your live video will return when internet improves. So that just seems to be the story of the night, just bad internet. So, All right, and then before we get to football talk, we've already been talking about the NCAA tournament for a while now. Uh, I just want to – we could give our final four predictions real quickly here. Um, I'll, I already I already said Alabama's in the final four. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that Miami beats Houston tomorrow. And uh, that leaves the door open for Texas to go to the Final Four. And then I'll say that uh, – I'll say Tennessee goes to a Final Four because why not? Rick Barnes, baby. Um, no, you know what? Actually, I'm on the Kansas State train. I, I take that back. Kansas State to the Final Four. I, I got to I gotta take them. And then uh, UConn, Gonzaga, or UCL <sighs> – I'm going to take Ukula, which could be bad if this comes out tomorrow morning and then Ukula is already eliminated, but I'll take them. I, I think that's it. I think that's all my <laughs> – yeah. UCLA, Texas, Alabama, and Kansas State. I'm going to go with – now my Midwest region, I'm going to have to think of something here because I don't have one yet to think of. Uh, I have Bama. So looks like I'm looking down. It's because I'm looking at this piece of paper. I've got Bama. I'm going to go K-State. I'm going to go UConn. Uh, oh, man. Oh, I just don't know with Sasser being hurt, you know, with Houston. And I like Coach Terry in Texas right now. Uh Man. But man, is Xavier really put it on the other Don't night? Trust Xavier. Don't <laughs> trust Xavier. I'm kind of. Sean Miller's a, too sweaty to advance. I had a music teacher that went to Xavier that I didn't really get along with that much, so I'm not picking Xavier. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll stick with. <laughs> I wrote what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Miami just because uh, ACC. All right. So we both have Miami beating Houston. That would – the thing – that's not going to be a hot topic, but Miami matches up really well with Houston. We said that at the beginning Um, of the tournament, didn't we? We did. We We said that at the beginning of the tournament. Yeah, and I think we both ended up picking Houston, but now we're just switching. We're just taking Miami because, I don't know, they kind of got the role. They're playing good defense. Their guard play has been insane, which is what you need to stop Houston is good guard play. And as Kelvin Sampson, uh, he put it in the words that Houston, they they play like shit a lot. So yep. um, it may be one of those days where that happens. So, And it's going to be hard to bounce back against the Miami team. All I right, agree. that's college basketball talk, man. Yep. It's all about the U. All right. You want to get into some NFL free agency news? I have I Cam, I have no idea how far we end we are into this because this is our second recording. So yeah. I if I had to estimate, I'd say about 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um we're gonna do some quick NFL stuff. Now, some of this stuff is 
outdated, but we still just kind of have to talk about it. And there's actually been new stuff since even these notes have been updated. So we're just going to do a quick rundown. But we got <laughs> Giants give Daniel Jones upwards, Luke, of $160 million for four years. I think we got to just stop and talk about that. He had a great season. Forty million upwards yeah. of forty million is a lot for Daniel Jones. You know, um, a guy that they tried to run into the ground at the beginning of the season. Are they just going to stop doing that now? Um, and then obviously Saquon. What are they doing with Saquon? Free agent. Exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing with Daniel Jones is that, yes, he had a breakout year this year. What are they? What are they saying? Oh, he had a breakout year because of Brian Dable. Well, that sounds like it's a Brian Dable thing, right? Not a Daniel Jones thing. So it sounds like this position might be very easily replaceable, meaning that if Daniel Jones were to go somewhere else, the Giants could just draft someone and he'd fit right into the Brian Dable system. That's yeah. that's my opinion on it. Is that Daniel Jones is not. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. He doesn't turn the no. ball over. Oh, it was his best he used year. To, he used to he used to fumble. Yeah, he, he used to fumble all the time. But this year, he had a really good, uh, you know, ball protection year. Yeah, I, I think he. I think it might be a system position though that he's in right now. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe one way to look at it is uh, for why they signed him and not go the route that you just talked about with. Uh, drafting a rookie is because they're already a year into it and then you basically have to have the same season that you had last year um if that makes any sense you don't go forward um but then you would have a much cheaper quarterback although it would probably be a top 10 pick and then that's actually not that cheap so but you would definitely be saving money over daniel just interesting um to say the least so yeah, um, and then basically the same contract down in NOLA. Saints give Derek Carr four years, $150 million. And then just a couple of days ago, uh, J- famous Jameis signed for, I think, $8 million to stay in NOLA as the backup, I guess. So that sucks. Um, I'll be honest. I I'll... Also, I don't. where are the Saints getting this money from? Aren't they like $60 million? Below the salary cap, how can they sign someone for 150 million dollars? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how they would be 160 mil in the or the 60 million to the cap. And also, they've been doing some stuff on the side. Like I just saw that they restructured Mike Thomas's contract um, because he barely ever steps foot on the field. Um, uh, classic football score right here, 21 to 14. Um, so I, I guess that's how they're doing it, but I don't really – I mean, who are they paying on the team, Luke? I mean, Cameron Jordan, um, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, that's kind of it, I think, right? Salary cap. Well, Ryan I just know that like, the, the Saints are – Uh, NFL salary cap space. So the Bears have the most. Um, where are the Saints at? Oh, okay. They have 16 million cap space. Oh, maybe because the salary cap went up. Is that why? 
I I still just don't think they were below it. They were negative. I mean, who? I mean, who's on the team to make it negative? No offense to them. I, I I don't know. Um, I just remember hearing that they were like super low in cap space. So I, I guess I was wrong. I don't know where that came from. But oh uh, yeah, they signed Derek Carr. I I don't know. He's probably the best QB in that division now. Yeah, because uh, Sam Darnold right left. Sam Darnold's a forty nine round. Uh, no, I was gonna say something about Baker Mayfield, but no, he's, he's not. not in the division either. Yes, he is. He's a Buccaneer. Ooh. Yes, he is. He signed with the Buccaneers. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, competing with Kyle Trask for the job. So Yeah. And that's Sam why we've got to refresh ourselves. we got to refresh ourselves. The draft is right around the corner. Um, you know. Uh, A month away. Obviously, the Titans are looking to deal Derrick Henry. Um, and the Rodgers trade talk really started to heat up last week um, after he went on the Pat yeah. McAfee show. Um We'll dive into that here in a little bit. And then, obviously, even weirder situation, Ballsack Sports and Twitter has Anthony Richardson pretty much as the number one draft pick. Uh, Ballsack Sports has pretty much by themselves, uh, combined with Anthony Richardson's combine performance of jumping out the gym and whatnot, has rocketed him up boards in a hurry. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition on draft day, but... <laughs> That was some pretty funny stuff. That would be so weird. Um, Yeah. But he's just such an existence. And I'm in on AR-15. I told you this. I don't know how in I'm in. I'm not saying I'm in to the point where I would take him over Bryce Young, who's my favorite in this draft, or even C.J. Stroud. But I'm just saying I I like how much of an athlete he is. It's so cool. But um, to see at the quarterback position. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's another Ramsey? thing that, yeah, that that has happened. Uh, is that the the Bears traded away the number one pick to the Panthers? Oh so yeah, the Bears get DJ Moore. Um, Bears got a lot for that. They got their the eighth or ninth pick in the draft. Um, they got a first rounder next year, and then a second rounder at some point, and then DJ Moore. So that was a Heck that was a haul that they got. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um. The haul that they got. Uh, Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins for a tight end that you've never heard of and named uh, Hunter Long and a third-round pick. So Sean McVay finally gets a draft pick. So good for him. Uh, Let's see here. Odell wants $20 but there was lots of reports today that he might be a Jet soon, Luke, so he might be back in the Big Apple here sooner yep. rather than later. Elijah Moore got dealt to the Browns, or did he just sign there? I'm not sure if they dealt him or if he got just signed there. They dealt him. They dealt he him. Okay. I forget what the thing was, but, yeah, he was uh, traded um, to the Browns. So the Browns they, pick up another good receiver, low cost, like they did with Amari Cooper last year. They're getting Elijah Moore at a low cost. I think it was like a fifth or sixth round pick they got for him. Well, they're kind of low-key loading up at the receiver position. The Jets also signed McCole Hardman today as well um, to kind of fill that same role that Elijah Moore played, So, uh, which wasn't much of one. God damn, was that the triple sneeze? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was trying to desperately mute. I saw I it. I was a mid-sneeze. <laughs> 
you got the last one muted. So yeah. Shout out to Luke. Um, so, uh, there, there's been a couple of, oh, Zeke released by the Cowboys. And today he said he wants his old number 15 back. Um, reports are that he is looking between the Bengals, Eagles, and Jets as well. Jets are just making a super team in hopes that they get Rodgers. Um, so not a bad play by them. We'll see if that comes to fruition as well because, uh, and this is what we have been fixing to talking about, especially for Luke, a lifelong Packers fan and Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, it looks like he's going to be a Jet. After what he said on the Pat McAfee show, it looks like stuff's just being ironed out between the Packers and the Jets in terms of compensation for Aaron Rodgers, which might be heavy, um, to say the least. Um, and yeah. I'm curious to see if they're going to wait till after the draft or not to do this trade. Because if they wait till after the draft, then the Jets get to keep one of their first round picks. And then they would probably end up trading, it sounds like, two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, but maybe trade them after the draft so they get the 2024 and 2025 first-rounders instead of this 2023. Um, But over to Luke, you know, he's kind of mentioned this a few times now, but Aaron Rodgers, face of the franchise for years for the Packers, and now it – He's gone, it looks like. He pretty much just said he's not playing for the Packers If once he comes back after his Hobbit hole mm-hmm. retreat. Um, yeah. Um, yep. He was either going to retire or go to the Jets, which I don't know what's better because him just retiring <laughs> is, and playing only for the Packers would be really, really cool. Like, because not a lot of people, like even Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, didn't do that. He went and yep. played three more years with Tampa. So to see like a player play his entire career with one team, it would be really, really cool. But at the same time, if we turn to the Jets, we're going to get at least one first-round pick and some more assets in return You know that could help build our team. Definitely. So I don't really know which one is the best scenario. Um, but for me, if, if Rodgers gets traded to the Jets, I will be adopting a new team. The secondary <laughs> team, I should say. I because I, I never really had to think about this. <laughs> Yeah, I've never had to think about this. You know, am I a Rodgers fan or am I a Packers fan? Because my entire life, it's just gone hand in hand. You know, the first NFL game that I really started, that I, you know, fell in love with the Packers was Super Bowl forty-five, And it was mostly because of the play of Aaron Rodgers. So rooting for the Packers and rooting for Aaron Rodgers has just coincided my entire life. And now that, you know, there's going to be a separation. So I don't know what to do. But I, I am an owner of the Packers, so I feel obligated to, you know, continue to root for them. And I do I, I do like the Packers still. You know, I like Christian Watson. I like a lot of the guys on the team still, um, and I have that connection with them. But it, it's still going to – Aaron's my guy, you know. And so I do get lucky that they're in different conferences, so I could have, like, the NFC team and an AFC team because they don't play each other. So I can root for both unless they make it to the Super Bowl, which – the, both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers making it to the Super Bowl is an impossible scenario, so I'm not going to have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> in a world where both of those things happen, is you know that it, it doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So um, I won't have to. Looks like I won't have to worry about them playing each other, so I can root for both of them, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I've made up my mind on that. Is that I will just be adopting a second team. 
um, which which could be fun. So I I don't know what I got to do to help get you on the the Jordan Love train. Why don't you want to be on the Love train? I, I do so want to be on the Love train. I'm just I have I have to see more. I have to see more. We I agree. I, I think more. he can be good. We all have mm-hmm. to see more, but let's. I kind of want to, you know, leave the station now and get on the train now while we still have time. Cam, here's the thing: we the Packers had a Hall yes, of Fame QB for 15 years, and Brett Favre. They drafted a QB in the first round, late in Brett Favre's career. That QB also is a Hall of Fame QB. Led us to a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers. They drafted another QB in the first round late in Rodgers' career. So, what are the chances that three in a row happens? What are the chances? What are, what, what are the chances that Jordan Love ends up being better than Aaron Rodgers? The chances of it They're happening... They're not high. A chance, I don't know. The chances of it happening a third time... If you saw the zip on his ball in that Eagles game, just pointing that out, uh, it was one quarter of a blowout. It was garbage time. It doesn't count. It was good. It was promising. Don't get me wrong. It was promising to see that. That was the first time that I had seen anything really positive out of Jordan Love ever. And so that was really, that makes me actually okay with this, being able to let go of Rodgers. If I didn't see that from Jordan Love, I would, I would just be in ultimate pain right now because what I've seen from Jordan Love in the past is not good. That gives me hope. That gives me it gives me hope for the Packers. Trust me. I, I do believe that. There's just I I've seen so much of bad Jordan Love. Um that it it I can't get on the train yet. If if he has a great year this year, I'm trust me, I'm fully on the train. I have to see it. I have to see it first. Is it all of Jordan Love that's in your brain? I feel like maybe some like Brett Hungley and Deshaun Kaiser are rubbed off in your brain too because they all kind of look alike in terms of skin complexion. Oh, yeah. oh, so I think maybe that probably has an effect on you as well. Um, just saying. It does, but, but also I watched Jordan Love start a game. I've watched him in the preseason. He is not He's not good. And you would think he would be more mobile and more of a dual threat guy. Really not. He's not as mobile as you would think. He's definitely he's nowhere near near a Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes level. I mean, he's he's not immobile um, like a Kirk Cousins, but he's definitely not mobile. Um, and that may be just you know complexion as well that you you would think he's mobile, but um, <laughs> uh, but he's not. You know, he's he's a rocket arm type of guy. He has potential, sure, but I don't know. I have to see it. Have to see it. And back to your point just a moment ago, you said, what are the chances that it happens a third time in a row in terms of a Hall of Fame quarterback? I think there's actually a higher chance that it happens a third time in a row than it leaving the pattern and not happening. Because (laughs) it's, it's, it's doubled up, so it's bound to triple up since it's doubled up. Otherwise, the pattern would just be weirdly broken. And he had a Hall of Fame quarterback in front of him. Now, even if Rodgers wasn't always super uh, teacher-like to Jordan Love, he was still uh, 
a disciple in waiting. So um, I think that's going to help him. Um, so, yeah, I think it will. I'm it's in it. on Jordan Love. I'll say it. And I – if it backfires, I have no loss here. Uh, it will be funny, but I'm in on Jordan Love. That's all I really got to say about it. And that's the thing why I'm not that. getting in. That's why I'm not getting it on Jordan Love because it can backfire for me. So, <laughs> um, that's about all the NFL free agency talk. That's what's happening. Uh, uh, Jimmy G signed with the Raiders. That was another big one. Oh yeah, and we all, the, to mention. all the brothels um, in Las Vegas have offered Jimmy G free sex for life. So good for him. <laughs> I saw that. Good for him. Very handsome Italian man. Yes. Um, yeah, that's about it for NFL free agency. Um, not as not as eventful as it was last year, but last year was like an all time eventful NFL off season. So we still got a ways to go. So it could it could be more eventful. Yeah. And it probably will be. But that's and that's not Lincoln even Jackson. Everything. We we did not cover everything. Like I said, we're just dropping some yeah. bigger name guys. I mean, like if you're a real you know pigskin guy, you probably know C.J. Gardner Johnson from the Eagles. He's a lion. Um, you know, uh, the Steelers stole, uh, Isaac Siamolo. I think that's how you say his last name from the 49ers, uh, uh, 49ers signed Javon Hargrave, you know, big defensive tackles. Deron Payne re-signed with the, uh, commanders, you know, stuff like that's all happening. Although one mystery thing that we, uh, just popped up today is it appears that, (laughs) that, Lamar Jackson might have an illegal agent named Ken Francis. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's been circling the internet. So that's an interesting story to follow as the days go on here. Um, so yeah, the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes are still very much open. So yeah, yeah, uh, Ken Francis. Uh, I you know when Adam Schefter said that. This guy named Ken Francis has been like secretly texting teams about Lamar Jackson. All the comments were just filled with like Lamar wearing like the disguised glasses and big nose. Yeah, Um, which is just funny. But at this point, why doesn't he just why at this point why does he just why doesn't he just hire an agent? Well, he just did Ken Francis. (laughs) True, true, true. Uh, (laughs) Ken Francis. Um, uh, Cam, if it's COVID. Paxlovid, baby. Oh, on, dude, you got to finish it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if it's COVID, Paxlovid. That, that's the story of the tournament so far. Yeah. So it, just remember that if it's COVID, Paxlovid. Um, NFL free agency. World, world Baseball Classic. Segments World Baseball Classic. All right. I like that. So this week we're doing Say Hello, Kiss It Goodbye. Um, I have absolutely nothing written down, but I do have stuff saved on my Twitter. So, Kim, you got it first. All right. My solo, and, I mean, this is a big one. Austin Reeves, the white guy for the Lakers that has been kind of going crazy lately uh, for the Lakers in a good way, playing really, really well, the best basketball of his NBA career. But, Luke, this has become a bigger story because he is like the NBA's propaganda machine. They have this one white oh, yeah. guy who's doing really good right now, 
and the NBA and ESPN, ESPN on or NBA on ESPN, they're all just hyping the shit out of this guy. And all you see on the timeline is Austin Reeves, and it is becoming pretty wild. And then you have, you know, butt crack sports, ball sack sports. They're all jumping in on it and spreading all kinds of fake news about how Austin Reeves is likely to get a max deal in the offseason and stuff like this and how the the one I saw last night that just made me laugh uh, really hard was uh, I think it was ball sack sports. I think that they tweeted uh, that I very well could have been butt crack sports though too. Those two go hand in hand. Well, I guess not hand in hand, but um, – they said that the Lakers are going to be looking to move on from Anthony Davis and plan on building around Austin Reeves instead. So, hello <laughs> to Austin Reeves taking over the NBA. Um, so, so yeah. And my kiss it goodbye is sleep, and this one's interesting because uh, has nothing to do with the time change here. Losing an hour. This has everything to do with those really dumb but really freaking funny presidential AI videos where is Joe Biden, <laughs> Donald Trump, and Barack Obama just hanging out, playing video games, uh, going to Dairy Queen, uh, going to the McDonald's drive-thru with Drake, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> tier lists, all kinds of stuff with the presidents. And the AI for this stuff is getting so out of hand. It is so ridiculously good. Um, it's gotten to the point where I've started to lose sleep about it. And just because I've been staying up way later than usual watching these really dumb videos on YouTube, <laughs> um, I've started to subscribe You're to so multiple funny. accounts called President's Play, um, uh, play video games pretty much. Um, People keep sending me all kinds of different ones from TikTok, which TikTok is actually on the hot seat, um, literally on Capitol Hill. Yeah, uh, true. But uh, so, yeah, these videos have been keeping me up because I, I literally cannot stop watching them, and they make me laugh so much. The only downside about these presidential AI videos, and I've been talking about this with my good friend Jacob Michael Baldwin because we have a shared interest in these videos – is just that <laughs> it's it's not real in real life these guys just absolutely hate each other and want to tear each other's heads off specifically biden <laughs> trump and obama you know those guys really hate each other or hate trump at least and trump hates the other ones but in the games man i mean yeah they make fun of each other so much and it's so funny the jokes you know sleepy joe uh saying Michelle is a man and just calling Trump a fat ass and stuff like that and making fun of him, how he doesn't have a second term. You know, all this stuff is so good. And they're just bros hanging out. And then you snap back to reality, shout out to Eminem. And they just, you know, they, in real life, they just hate each other. They would never be gaming with each other. They would never be going to Dairy Queen together. And so it just it sucks to see that when you come back to reality and you're not they're not just gaming playing Minecraft together trying to defeat the Ender Dragon. Yeah. So um, that if only the world suck. would revolve like that. Yeah. And then my other see uh, the people just do that. Uh, my other kiss of goodbye is winter. Uh, see a bitch. Agree.
Couldn't agree more. Love that. Today was so warm. It was so unexpectedly warm, but then it started raining. So Yeah, then it cooled off, but still warm. Yeah. All right. I guess that leaves it to me. Uh, my first say hello. Oh, let me get to my bookmarks. God, I keep clicking the wrong button. Is uh, strength of schedule. So strength of schedule talk. Because <laughs> Iowa State had the toughest. They, they were number one in strength of schedule. They had the toughest schedule all year. They put up 41 points in the first round and lost. First round exit to Pitt. Um, Fairly Dickinson, on the other hand, had the least toughest schedule. They were 363 out of 363 out of all the Division I teams. Had the easiest schedule, and then they proceeded to go out and beat Purdue. So, I mean, that you, we always talk about how teams are battle-tested. I, I think that it might be time to just wash that down the drain because it obviously doesn't mean anything. Um, well, and then some more. <laughs> sometimes you just you get in too many rock fights, Luke, and you get banged up. So, but one thing about Iowa State is they literally played that game like they played when they played Mizzou. Just awful, awful shooting. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then one thing about Fairleigh Dickinson, you said they had the easiest record. And it's kind of a, a side knock on them. They had the easiest record. Their their record overall, I'm sorry, they had the easiest schedule. Their record overall was not very good either. I mean, I think they won 20 games, <laughs> but they I think they actually had a palindrum record of like 21 and 12 or something like that. So, um, I no, I think it was worse than that. I'll look it up right now. It, it was just not but, very good. So. Northeast Conference, Fairleigh Dickinson finished twenty-one and sixteen. There you go. That's five yeah. games above five hundred. They didn't even win their conference. No, nope. they didn't win their conference. And then uh, my other say hellos. This is kind of a grouping effort. Is new coaches on campus? So if you are on the campuses of St. John's, Providence, or Georgetown, congrats because you have a new coach. Um. St. John's hired this. This is the the guy that we've been looking to see where he's going to go for a long time. Rick Pitino, um, he is back. He's back at St. John's in the Big East, um, where he belongs. St. John's has not won a tournament game in my lifetime, so they need that to happen. Rick Pitino, in my opinion, might be the perfect guy to get the job done there. Um, and at Georgetown, that's Ed Cooley. Former coach of Providence, um, he he has long been known for loving Providence, but he also loves money, and Georgetown has a lot of that. So he is now at Georgetown. Georgetown also trying to come back to relevance after the Patrick Ewing disaster. Um, I, I don't even think you could put it in a different way. They the, the only positive that came out of that three or four year tenure was a Big East tournament win. I mean, if they didn't have that, they would have absolutely zero relevance. I mean. They're a one seed in the sickos bracket. That's that's not where you want to be. So, <laughs> well, and John Thompson was a shitter. Uh, no offense to him. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. John Thompson. He's the coach for Georgetown. Yeah. Patrick Ewing was the coach. 
Um, what do you? What? He was just the coach at Georgetown. Before Patrick Ewing? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not what I'm talking about. But he, yeah, he sucked it. But Patrick Ewing, really, really bad tenure. Um. So Ed Cooley, he he brought Providence out of the dead. He revived them, brought them back to relevance. Georgetown hoping for the same. And then Providence then in turn has a coaching opening. Um, due to the Ed Cooley loss, and that is going to be Missouri's own Kim English. So former Mizzou basketball player. He's been coaching at George Mason University for the last two years. He is going to Providence, so congrats to him. And it seems like a lot of great coaches get their start at George Mason for some reason. Um, Laranaga. I believe Rick Barnes started there. Huh? Uh, I thought it was Laranaga. Maybe it was Rick. Lauren Yeager was there for a long time. He took him to a Final Four. Um, Rick Barnes, I think, was there. Maybe Shaka Smart was there. No, he was at VCU. He might have been at George Mason, too. But um, George Mason, kind of like a, a buffer, like a good stepping ground for a lot of these coaches. So Kim English will get his chance in a Power Six school, Providence. Um, congrats to him. M-I-Z. And then... My kiss it goodbye is a few things. So, Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins, um, non-contact injury. He just uh, tore his ACL. He's out for the year. So, KFC Barstool, um, I guess we should just ban spring training. Because, you know, these guys, they, they can't be running out in the outfield tearing their ACLs, you know. Uh, you know, I hope that every single every single team has a star player that gets hurt um, because Reese Hoskins tore his ACL. So a little bit of a KFC moment there, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. And then uh, just another kiss of goodbye, um, Twitter hidden replies, because they have gotten way, way out of hand. Um we send them sometimes to our group chat, just like, oh, that was a bad one. Just tempting, just tempting everyone in the group chat to look at the hidden replies. And some of them are really bad, but I'm, I, I've am i been on Twitter long enough that I'm numb to most of this stuff. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, that's that's weird people on Twitter, you know. But I saw one last night that was, I think it was last night. It might, might have been two nights ago. It was, I'm not even going to talk about it, but Cam knows exactly what I'm talking about. It was, it, it might have been the worst thing I've ever seen online. Um, it, it was, it, it made me shriek. It made me shriek. And so I'm done. <laughs> I'm done looking at hidden replies. I'm if not. someone sends a hidden reply to me, I'm blocking them. I'm blocking the account. I'm, I'm, I'm just not looking at it because they've gone too far. Hidden replies have gone way too far. So if I was Elon Musk, I would just take that option off. Just delete the hidden reply because it's like a secret. It's like a way to pin something. It's like a way to pin a comment. Is put it in the hidden replies, um, the which is like the, the, what is hidden replies? It's supposed to hide the replies, not like pin them. But it, it has the opposite effect. Freedom so. of speech. You can't just get rid of it. <laughs> Where do we draw the line? Freedom of I, well, speech. After last night, you can get rid of the hidden replies button, right? I have no idea. Like, you can just uh, have regular replies. My question is to you, which one made you shriek more? Which one do you think, Cam? <laughs> the I one don't know. There's two of them that were bonkers. 
I don't remember what the other one was. I'm going to look it up real quick because I we cannot talk about this on the air because it was <laughs> it was horrific. It was horrific. I kind of want to talk about it on the air. Well, you go ahead. I'm not going to engage in it. I'll mute you. That was <laughs> it was it was terrible. Oh no no no! I forgot about that one. That's what it was. Oh yeah, that was. Oh. Why did you have to remind me about that? Dude. Right, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. I watched the whole thing of the other one. It was of the two guys? I think it was three. Or the knife one. Oh, I watched three both. guys. I, I, watched both I opened that one for like two seconds, and <laughs> I instantly turned it off because that was it was so disgusting. The other one, I watched the entire thing, and that was the one I shrieked at, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I will say hidden replies are they're top tier right now um, in terms of like how bad they are. Uh, yes, they are. In terms of how bad they are, this is okay. towards the top. Um, now, there was another time. Okay, yeah, 2020 um, when COVID hit, hidden replies were something else there too. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. It's been three years now, but hidden replies back then in 2020 were really bad too. Um, so they're back. So yeah, uh, I don't know if that was your say hello or kiss it goodbye because they are back. That was my kiss it goodbye. Oh yeah, you said but you're done. It was all my kiss, kiss it goodbye. That's, to me. that's yeah, totally not true. You are not done opening them. I don't believe that. <laughs> I want second opening them. You are not done. That is. For sure. If there's one thing that's uh, for sure tonight, it's that Luke is not done opening hidden replies. It's the most <laughs> tempting thing in the world, especially when your friends oh, send so them tempting. and say, don't open this. I advise you not to open this. Do not open it. You will hate yourself. Do not open it. I'm going to open it. That's just how we. That's just how you roll on Twitter, and that's how you have to roll. That's so. true. So, yeah. Um, and then another thing I just wanted to mention is that there was a college a college baseball game. San Diego University and I do believe that is Pacific. So West Coast Conference baseball. San Diego scored nine runs in the inning and the ball never left the infield. Just because Pacific couldn't make – they were bunting constantly – um, Pacific couldn't make a play. They were just air after air. So it was sicko moment. Just wanted to shout that out real quick. Yeah, I saw that on Sickos of Summer, which it will yep, be the that's account where I to follow too. going forward as we begin our journey into baseball season. So, <laughs> but speaking of baseball season, close out the show here a little World Baseball Classic talk. Uh, it was awesome. To say the least, it was about two weeks long, um, and it had the world engaged, to say the least. Japan was on top of the world. They won it all, beat the U.S. in a close final game. Um, I think I saw a stat like the final was on 90% of Japanese TVs. Um, and actually, th- there was a thing that they printed off so that Japanese employees could hand it to their boss because – the game was at like seven o'clock um, in U.S. time, but in Japan that was like eight or nine in the morning, and so there was something that I think the the J- J- 
Japanese government printed out so that people could hand this certificate to their boss saying, I'm going to be late to work today. I'm watching the baseball game, and it had to be accepted. Like that's that how big amazing. this game was for Japan. That is amazing. It is amazing. That's how it should be for the um, day after and the like Super Like all the bosses Bowl. understood because – yeah, the bosses are like, oh, yeah, I completely understand. I'm watching the game, too. Like, that's how big baseball is over there. Shohei Otani's amazing. Uh, best player, maybe ever. Maybe ever. Um, and uh, it, it was awesome. But the whole tournament was awesome. There were so many moments. Trey Turner just took over in so many games. Um, all of these teams just to see guys going out there playing for their country. It even got Cam hooked, and Cam is not a baseball guy. Yeah. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll add that to the say hello here real quick. I have done this the past two years and have failed really bad each time. And a majority of the blame should go to the NBA playoffs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and watch baseball this year, Luke. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I always start off strong with, uh, Opening day in the first few weeks, every year the I start off strong and then it, it weeds out pretty fast. I'm gonna try it again, so we'll see how it goes. Year three, uh, you know, new mindset, grind set. Here we go. I'm gonna tr try and watch baseball. So just putting that out there. I might become. Yeah, a, I might be enjoying your fantasy baseball league. I, I'm thinking about joining your fantasy. You have an open spot. All right, we have one open spot left. I'll invite I don't you. know. I don't know how fantasy baseball works. I don't know who, how you even draft. Like, do you just draft? Do you draft every position? Yeah, pitchers, everything. I'll I'll kind of walk you through it at a later time. But yeah, if you want to join, you can. So. One spot left. Hopefully, everyone's active. It was fun last year. We we didn't do any oh, money or punishment last okay. year because no one had ever played before in our Please, league. If there's so a punishment, I can't do it. At the beginning. If there's a punishment, I can't <laughs> do it. I, 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 don't, I don't know Dude, anything. I don't think we're going to do a punishment. We might do money this year, though. But last year, we all just – because it was everyone in the league's first time ever playing, and so we agreed at the beginning, no punishment, no money. We're just playing it for fun just to see how we do. I ended up getting third, so not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah, baseball baseball is back because it was, it was awesome to see the World Baseball Classic. Baseball on the world stage, and it's officially back in 2026, so we only have to wait three years instead of six this time. So, um, Hell yeah. Shout out to them for that. So we hate COVID for what they did. Took away a World Baseball Classic from us. And also uh, another news from – is that Lars Nupar and Otani are like best friends now. So a lot of people are speculating he's trying to recruit him to St. Louis, which as I, as I think you mentioned, if Bill DeWitt saw what Otani wanted, he would probably have a stroke and die if he just saw that amount. So – um. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. He's probably not coming to St. Louis because we can't afford him. But it would be oh, so we can awesome. afford him. Bill's just got to drop a bag. Bill. But, but Bill but has to grow him. some balls here. That's up to him, though. My big but question. Otani's going to get five. 
He's going to get $500 million. He's going to get I, half a million. He, he should. Dude, if he can keep it up. Oh. All right, Luke, once again, just uh, passed away, I guess, technically, in terms of his internet connection. Um, but yeah, Otani should get half a billion, um, and we'll see what happens there over, uh, I guess, the next year or two. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll continue to post our picks graphics on the Twitter Um as we continue on through the tournament and have a great tournament. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening to episode 55 and have a great